this. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? I, as we have done the past, I think, three podcasts, mm-hmm. saw a movie. Saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie. No spoilers coming. Very fun. I liked it. I liked it. I know it's probably more of a kids movie. No. <laughs> so is you know some of these other ones, but yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I was uh, as a child Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Go Michelangelo. That's my favorite one. It was just fun. Like they they felt more teenager than I think. A lot of times when, you know, you can tell very obviously this is a 40-year-old man trying to, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> uh, my favorite part, though, is just, I love that all these different animation styles are coming forward. It, this is not a movie podcast, but and I, I'm not an expert on this. I just love that it felt like for a long time, everybody just kind of did what Pixar did. Where it's like, we're going to do realistic and, you know, it's, it's really pretty to look at. And then it kind of changed... I mean, I don't think Spider-Verse was the first one. That was the first one I noticed that Spider-Verse was like, this is a little bit more not built for photorealism, more just like action, fun, almost comic booky. And then Puss in Boots, The Last Wish kind of did that too, or to a little bit more abstract level. And this is more abstract than either one. Some of the humans had like their eyes, like, don't even look at it. You know, like one's below the other. It's just stylized though. And it felt very 90s and fun and... I don't know. I, I just love that there's different animation styles coming forward because, you know, animated movies are cool. I like them. Um, I'll j- I thought I said this on the podcast, but I can't remember. I once thought the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a scary movie when I was a kid. Um, I mean, I grew up with all of the tapes and everything like that because there were tapes at one time and I was like, man, these people are scary. The, um, <laughs> the name The name just feels so... 80s drug driven right <laughs> <laughs> they're teenagers what else and they're mutants yeah they're- ninjas mutant ninjas all right that sounds pretty good and they're turtles what <laughs> write it down <laughs> turtles but it was the coolest thing ever because oh, i yeah. remember well you remember i don't know if you if you did this but like when we were like in kindergarten or first grade you could dress up for halloween parties and mm-hmm. the boys were always the teenage mutant ninja turtles they always <laughs> had that costume it was that or boomer um of the bank oh, <laughs> or, yeah. or the jeff blakes it was um the jeff blakes nice throwbacks no, i i grew up uh, in Brown Steelers territory, so I didn't get that. It would be like a Palomalu would be mm-hmm. that. But uh, I was a ninja once. I was never a full ninja turtle. I think that costume probably cost more than just getting the <laughs> little outfit with a hood. <laughs> That's true. Well, this is kind of our movie segment now. Now that you go and see a movie every single Did you see time. Barbie? I didn't see it yet. Oh, okay. I didn't. I think I'm going to wait until it's on TV. Uh, one of the streaming services yeah. and watch it there. I'm sure it's different at the movie theater, but I'm just like, I'm just not gonna get to the, I'm not gonna get to the movies. So I, I mean I don't know if Barbie's one that I felt like you had to see in theaters. Like I enjoyed it, but Oppenheimer, if you were interested in that, that was much more like a go see that in theaters because you probably won't feel the same way if you watch it at home. Okay. Well, I will go to the movies at some point. Um, but right now, it just it feels like it's there's something every weekend. And football's here, which is really exciting. And yeah. one thing that happens almost every Friday or towards the end of the weekend is a signing by the Cincinnati Bengals. They had the Joe Mixon news. I remember it was a Friday night. 
the Logan Wilson news breaking on Friday night, which is absolutely, I wouldn't even say surprising. Um, I want to give Dave, Dave Lapham credit. I was listening to one of his podcasts and he was talking about it and, and almost kind of hinted towards a couple weeks ago that Logan Wilson could be one of the, the first extensions to get done. Um, you know, Joe and his camp and the Bengals front office, they're keeping quiet. And I still respect all of that. I feel like it's going to get done. I think it's going to get done in August. Maybe it's a first week of September situation, but it still feels like a training camp thing um, that gets worked out with Joe and his camp. Not too concerned about it, but Logan Wilson was done. And what's so surprising about this four-year extension, $37.25 million. And we talked about on the podcast when they signed Jermaine Pratt, I felt like the number was a little bit low and this was a good linebacker market. If you wanted to just go ahead and get him signed, you don't have him go play into this year, try to work something out next year. And you bank on having Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson uh, for the next few years. What did you think about the extension? I was surprised at the number a little bit under 10 per year in my mind, <clears throat> the cheap ish realistic value is probably like 12 per year. Uh, I do think if he hit the open market, he'd get much more than this. Because I just look, I'm not even thinking he gets, what, Tremaine Edmonds money, which was over, I think, $20 million a year. But you look at a guy two years ago who hit the open market from the Falcons in Fuyisade Oluwakun, I believe is the name, uh, led the league in tackles. And then I'm going to look it up real quick. I don't want to be wrong, but I believe he got – 15 per year and that was let's see okay yep 15 per year 345 i thought he could have easily hit that if he got if you hit the open market just it might not be the best team that's offering that to you but i think somebody's going to offer that to you. you go to a super bowl you're the best linebacker you're the green dot captain of the defense for a super bowl level defense and the defense is really good on the playoff runs it wasn't like you know, the offense just carried them. There is actually sometimes a little bit the other way around, not fully. I don't think it's as far as some people say, but I do think the better unit in the playoffs so far has been the defense and you want a piece of that. So I could absolutely see the, Hey, they stole two players this offseason. the Panthers, just giving them three for 45. Like we need a linebacker and you know, we want the championship level pedigree, hopefully full championship pedigree. Mm -hmm after this year uh but uh getting three for 45 could have totally seen it could have actually seen more like three for 47 or something just like hey i'm better than that guy you know like give me a little bit more instead and i'm not gonna say it's just a hometown discount we don't know the full market that's just my thoughts on this market um it does feel like one though it feels like you could have gotten more out there and this is what we we're talking about when Pratt signed, it's just there seems to be two markets with linebackers. Mm -hmm. There's the market for the Tremaine Edmonds types, the Roquan Smith types, the ones that are going to push for, you know, league leading, like break the bank money. And then you have the next wave. And for some reason, they're not signing for like four per year under what the top guys are signing. It's like a full, it's a real discount. Yeah, And both Pratt and Wilson coming in below $10 million per year. That's quite the get for the Bengals. I think that's a great deal. Uh, both those are great deals, but the Logan Wilson one says it was just signed specifically. Great deal. Much under what I thought. This is more what I thought Pratt might be able to sign for. And he isn't the captain, even if I have my own 
beliefs about him being just as good uh, and maybe last year slightly better. But uh, this is more what I thought he would get from the market. I think the NFL likes Wilson more. I think the team likes him more. I think you factor in the off the field and the captain, the green dot communication stuff. It makes sense. Uh, And that's, you know, this long way to say Bengals did a great job with another value contract. When you think of Logan Wilson and you could put Jermaine Pratt in that category, where would you rank them on the most important Bengals players of the court? Okay. So is this offense and defense? Overall, yeah. And I just want to set a time frame in my mind. Like for the next three years, five years, three years. next year, next three years. Okay. Well, Burrow's number one, and I think he's in his own tier. And then you have Chase. Uh I think Chase is probably – it's weird to do tiers, but I think Chase might be in his own tier. Then you go to T, and I'll stop doing tiers. Uh, so not in the top three in my mind. I think I have T at number three. I wonder – I would personally put put Reader above them, but I don't – yeah, I don't know if the Bengals agree with that, and that is upsetting, uh, but – for the next three years, it was five years. I think I'd put them over him because you know you're probably missing out. He's probably not going to keep playing at the same level by then. Yeah. But um, so that's four. <sighs> I think for three years I put Hendrickson above him too. But after that, them versus Orlando Brown gets interesting. Okay, I think I'll go Orlando Brown. So six and seven. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And and Peter King wrote a piece, and he actually put like about this contract, and he had mentioned Logan Wilson as, as a top five um, on this Bengals squad. I guess I had him just outside, but we know yeah. my thoughts on DJ Reader. But here's the thing: you're watching every game, and no offense to Peter King, who I absolutely love, and he does watch a lot of NFL games. He probably isn't watching every single Logan Wilson game or Jermaine Pratt game. So I feel like you ranked them um, perfectly. And and DJ Reader, that's going to be the topic of conversation because you look at guys like Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson, um, they just extended Trey Hendrickson for another year on the defense side of the ball. If someone would have told me, hey, Lindsay, they're going to have a couple extensions happening when training camp starts and one in August, I would have said, oh, it's going to be offense. It's going to be an offense extension and a little surprise what they were able to do on the defensive side of the ball, which is still huge because this defense is legit. Um, some would say that it's, you know, it outplayed the offense in the playoffs over the last few yeah, years. I did say um, that. And, and it's fine. It's fine <laughs> to say yeah, that. The hot take. Here's the thing about the offense is the offense, it's it's so fun and exciting, but I, there's still more there. There's still more potential mm-hmm. there when it comes to the postseason. And they've, they've had to deal with – more injuries, I think. Yes, and their line, a no offensive line. That's what I basically mean. Yeah. Is just the offensive line has just been it's been banged up every time they've hit the playoffs. Or, you know, in the case of 2021, not only banged up, but also terrible heading into the playoffs before that. I I still can't believe I know it would have just been a story if Joe would have been able to win that Super Bowl because it's unbelievable what he dealt with against we, we that are if Hakeem Dynasty doesn't make the Bengals roster, we are very close to four out of five of the starting Bengals offensive linemen from two years ago in the Super Bowl not being in the NFL. I mean, it's still unbelievable if you think about it. Go, You can go to the divisional game, 
coming back in the second half versus the Chiefs, and then in Los Angeles going up against that. Like, it's absolutely incredible what Joe was able to do. So that's why I know a lot of people want to point out weapons, not to get too far off topic when it comes to Joe. But look, look at his offensive line. Even though I feel like it was a little bit better last year for the majority of the season, um, in the most important game of the season, he was without um, the majority of his of his line. So um, just overall, I, I agree with you when it comes to the future and the core of those guys. But um, when you hear, hey, the Cincinnati Bengals are paying linebackers, what, what do you think about extending linebackers overall? Um, my thoughts are a bit of extend your good players regardless of position. I know that there is some belief linebackers, I think at some point, the uh, analytics people are going to come down to nothing really matters except quarterback. And like, that is somewhat true. (laughs) So it's various levels of how much does this position matter and how much are you willing to pay for it? I, I don't think either one of these deals is bad. I don't think them paying both is bad. I think that, you know, sometimes when you have the, the, the issue with the running back thing is they don't have a shelf life either. Like they, Mm -hmm. it goes bad during the contract. You look at most of those ones and it hasn't gone well during that deal due to injury or whatever else. And linebackers, I feel like do have a little bit of a shelf life. You know, CJ Mosley's still out there playing well. Demario Davis is playing great at his age. Devontae David's playing great at his age. So it doesn't feel like they hit that wall at the same, like at 26, 27, 28. It, it feels more like, a you know, in the 30s, that's when you'll be concerned. And I named some guys that are in their 30s and playing very well. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't have too many negative thoughts on, you know, they paid a linebacker. Oh, that's terrible team management. You can only pay these positions yeah. and just draft linebackers. We watched this team draft linebackers. It was terrible. It was terrible for, like, a decade. Uh, they got, what, Vontez Perfect. Was he a draft, like, real late draft pick, or was he undrafted? I don't even remember. He was on drafting. I thought so. Yeah, so not even drafted. College stuff. Not even drafted. Not even drafted. The best one they had during that time. Not even drafted. Ray Maluga. What was that? It was a prime. It was a premium pick. I think it was a second rounder. That'd be the other one that was a long term starter. So a second rounder, an undrafted guy, and there were probably ten other guys drafted in that period that they were trying to make work, and none of them really worked. No, I agree with you. You got to pay your best players and and it doesn't have to be just a, a certain position group. And the same, if you look at the defensive side of the ball, it's kind of exciting because I thought, look, they're going to draft their defense and they're going to pay their offense. But at the same time, you look at the defensive line right now, if Miles Murphy works out, you get Joseph Kassai. I don't know how long-term he's going to be here just because of his agent. Um, but, hey, it's a different position, and maybe that'll be a different situation when it comes to contract extension time. You get Trey Hendrickson. You have Sam Hubbard out there. You have your linebackers. And then in your safety room, if Dax Hill works out and Cam Taylor-Britt is a cornerback too and Dax in the safety room, to be determined on what the Nick Scott situation or mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Battle future looks like in the secondary, you're not looking too bad on the defensive side of the ball. It does. We're going to get there. You know, I'm going to save are. it. We are going to get there because we are going to talk run. Nick Scott, Jordan Battle, but that is a next segment. That's a teaser that we Ooh. do in, in the business. Nick Scott, Jordan Battle, training camp battles. Who is taking the lead? We love this. This is what they call in TV as what you mentioned, a teaser going into the break. And when we come back, we will talk 
about training camp battles. I know everybody can't wait. On It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Again, Logan Wilson extended. We'll uh, hopefully hear some more extension news before uh, that regular season game versus Cleveland Browns. But right now it's training camp. Training camp, preseason preview later this week. Uh, let's focus on uh, training camp battles. Give me the ones you're looking at right now. All right, the obvious. Well, we'll go with the one we teased. Nick Scott, Jordan Battle, Dax Hill, kind of. I will say there was one interesting thing. Robert Mays of the Athletic Football Show, who I believe does have some contacts in the NFL, it sounded like he was saying that Nick Scott solidified and Jordan Battle's fighting Dax Hill, but I haven't heard that from anybody else, so I think he may have misheard something. I think it's Dax Hill solidified that he's a first round pick man they're gonna play him unless he's terrible and uh then nick scott versus the third round pick jordan battle and it feels like most of the training camp reports have been it's pretty much nick scott with the first team and wasn't it was early on training camp i think he's now solidly on that second team but he started jordan battle was third team to start training camp basically right yeah, I there was a report of some kind of tightness. Um, who knows? I feel like that was kind of late when it comes to an update on Jordan Battle. It just feels like Jordan Battle is going to have a Dax Hill season, um, mm-hmm. his rookie year, where we just don't see much of Jordan Battle this year. Unless and, and there's he, injury and whatever else. I yeah. do think him, if he loses the battle, uh, last name. If he loses that to start the season, Nick, it's Nick Scott Dax Hill, which is what I've been predicting um i do think that doesn't mean he's out of it for the rest of the year i think you know you look at what cam taylor Britt did and i know that some of that was injury but the injury happened at the same time as they were kind of going to test him out against uh the the browns without eli apple kind of let eli apple rest after he gave up a big play to the falcons the week before and they're like, okay, well, let's see Cam Taylor Britt. This might be the change. This might be a change they're going to make. Cam Taylor Britt starting next to Chidobe Uzi. Then Uzi gets hurt. And we don't really think of it as Eli Apple got benched for Cam Taylor Britt midseason because they both started. Yeah. Could that happen with the Jordan Battle, Nick Scott thing? Certainly. That would be if Nick Scott, week seven, week eight, still – if he not still, but if he hasn't played well up to that point, and Jordan Battle's shown enough in practice that Lou Anaruma thinks he's ready, they'll throw him out there. But Lou Anaruma is not going to throw him out there before he thinks he's ready. I think that's the biggest thing is we've heard Anaruma talk a bit about defensive backs. That's you know his position group and how he doesn't want to put any of those guys out there before they're ready. I I don't think he said this, but or maybe he did, but. In my mind, confidence is so important to be a defensive back in the NFL. Like you have to be confident here, but you can't second guess anything. That it's probably after quarterback, that's where you need the most confidence is defensive back, like especially corner, but safety too. Those guys, you just, you have to be you know confident in what you're doing and your ability, etc. Or else, I think that's part of the issue of what happened with Jeff Okuda, and now he's with the Falcons, being traded for pennies. Um, yeah, that's all my thoughts on it. I don't think this battle's over either. 
but when you keep saying battle, that's just... I don't think that the I don't think that this is decided yet. I think preseason games are huge. Preseason games are gonna be huge for all of these training camps fights for uh the top dog. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the word battle, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, for all these training camp battles, let's just ignore it. Uh, these training, these you know, training camps huge, but I think the preseason games are bigger. I think that's where you saw the difference between Jackson Carmen and Cordell Volson started in training. There was a little in training camp, and then I felt like it really hit after that first preseason game. Could that be what you see with some of these? Sure, I think the preseason games are huge for this. So that's my main thought on that. Yeah, I um, I agree with you. I think that's what I'm looking forward to. To be completely honest with you, when I think of preseason games, I'm like, please just get out healthy. Uh, the majority of it's going to be rookies out there, guys who are fighting for a roster spot. Uh, the wide receiver room will be something to look at uh, when it comes to, you know, will Charlie Jones be out there a lot? I know he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Will that just be kind of minimal work for him, be more of a special team situation? Um, I just don't know what it's going to look like. But I would say at the safety position, if you are the Cincinnati Bengals, and we'll get more to what the preview will look like because we'll have uh, the joint practice to recap before we get into the game versus the Packers. Uh, this coming Friday at Paycor Stadium. But when you think of the secondary as a whole, and we know what Dax Hill was last year, what he was able to do or the amount of minimal reps that he had his rookie year, what do you expect to see from him? Will he be someone who gets a lot of preseason snaps or will it be, hey, we don't want to risk Dax getting injured? Uh, that's tough. I would probably play him a little bit. Because and I play Scott too. I just want to get their communication working and at a higher level. Preseason games are the closest thing you're going to get to an NFL game. It's still not there, still not the same speed, still not everything else, still not as loud. But I want to be able to get their communication because your secondary communication is the second most important, I think, in a position group right after offensive line communication. You're going to have your secondary. It's the same idea, you know? They need to pass things off they need to work together they need to know what each other are doing where where are you giving help to the corner where does the corner expecting help etc uh so i i would play them a little bit just because they've never played next to each other and i mean for hill he's never really he's played a couple snaps but never really played a full game at safety so let's just i don't want to play him a ton and risk an injury but i, I do think i would a drive, something like that. I don't even know if I would go for a quarter. I just I want to get a little bit there just so they get a feel for the NFL game and the the feelings, the speed, the sound, et cetera. Yeah, we'll uh, stay on the defensive side of the ball, but just mm -hmm. the cornerback room right now. Um, look, I don't think him. Taylor Britt's going to be out there that much. You, I just don't want to risk. No. And, and and I know Zach Taylor's okay with playing some of the starters, but if it's anything, it might be a series. Um, you have guys like Cheeto, who I don't expect to see at all in the preseason. I think that is nope. a smart idea. You just Mike Hilton, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, those guys are on the side. But when you think of guys like DJ Turner or DJ Ivy, what do you expect to see from them? And, and just overall, when it comes to, to camp battles. How many snaps did Dax Hill play in the preseason last year? Because that's kind of what I'm expecting from DJ Turner. I think it was a multiple quarters, if I'm not wrong. I think he's going to play plenty. Especially because he's, yeah, because Turner is not in a position to start. 
No, it's more of a next year situation. Mm-hmm. I would say like, like what we thought Cam Taylor Britt was going to be his rookie year. Um, maybe a DJ Turner, like where Jordan battles the same situation, obviously different positions, but they're kind of getting that wrestler rookie year. And you're just saying, Hey, this is what it's like your first year in the NFL. Maybe you'll get some reps here and there. And hopefully nobody's injured where you'd have to see these guys as starters. Uh, but I, I agree with you. It doesn't hurt to put DJ Turner out there. Murphy too, you know, just get him yeah. out there getting snaps. Um, and then, yeah, after that, Jordan Battle, he's obviously going to play plenty. So DJ Ivy is going to play a ton. And that is an end of roster position battle where Ivy has been making waves in training camp. So does that translate to the preseason game? If it does, are we looking at, you know, a, a Jalen Davis type maybe getting knocked off the roster? Or maybe it's Sidney Jones. I don't think they have any real money tied up there, but who knows? But I think he is pushing for that last corner roster spot. And I think he's in a better spot today than he was when we talked about it before training camp started. Let's flip sides. We'll go ahead and go to the offensive side of the ball. Like I mentioned before, Charlie Jones, I would just be surprised with him coming off an injury. I know he was back at practice on Monday and they're going to have the Packers in town after we record this. So to be determined on how many reps he gets against the Packers defense. But overall, I just feel like he's still someone that I'm okay if it's just a series or two, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the second preseason game, he's getting a few more reps. But how would you handle that? Yeah, the injury is a tricky part because otherwise I just play him plenty. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not a guy you're counting on to start. Uh, you want to get him as many reps as possible because he's a valuable learning reps. And you want to see about the punt stuff, you know, the punt return ability, the kick return ability. See if that is a real spot for him on the roster or if you still need a Trent Taylor on the roster just to return punts, just to safely return punts. Um, yeah, I, I – the injury is why I don't think he'll play that much in the first preseason game. I think they'll be cautious with that. Yeah. But otherwise, I think it's play him. Just play him. You know, Trent Irwin's probably going to play plenty of preseason snaps, right? Yeah. And yeah. And, that's, and that's fine. And, I mean, Trent Taylor, who I feel like is is that he's on the outs when it comes to the wide receiver room right now. Outside of winning the punt return job, clearly – like he, I think he, it can't even be like a slight edge for him, and they they'll keep. I think he has to clearly, definitively win the punt return job. And I also think that also comes with Charlie Jones has to mess up <laughs> because yeah. you know what you know what Trent Taylor is a punt returner. It's not overly exciting, but it's solid and it's safe. Um, safe. Can Charlie Jones provide that? Hopefully, if he can't, then I think you have the real dilemma. But yeah, I think all those guys will play pre- plenty. How much do you think Jonah Williams plays in the first preseason game? Because he is he yeah. is in a position battle. They yeah. are going back and forth on the first team reps. I think no. he's going to play a little bit. He's going to play a little bit. And I know, and I know that th- that's a little scary with his injury history. But I think nope. they're going to play him a little bit because they're nope. giving Carmen a shot at that job. No, so they are giving Carmen a shot at the job, and they should. It shouldn't just be. Jonah Williams because he was the left tackle. I totally understand that. And but, camp, it appears, has been that's that's the one that I think they they got out there in practice and it has been all Jonah Williams in camp. And and Zach uh, not, Taylor not starting, but just in terms of like he's playing much better than Carmen is. Well, Zach Taylor was going they he admitted before camp started they were gonna rotate that position and it made all the sense in the world. You should you they have a little bit at least. 
yeah, put the best guys out there. Some days Jackson's out there with the ones, and then some most of the time Jonah's out there. But Paul Daner um, has a great article around the athletic with Jonah Williams, and he just seems, I, I don't know, he, he seems pumped about it, the whole situation, yeah. and just this is his opportunity. We talked about it before, that right tackle market right now. Maybe it doesn't work out at left tackle for him, and he dominates at right tackle. He's going to go get the bag this offseason or next offseason if he balls out. And I, If I he just, even plays at an above-average level, yeah, he'll get plenty of money. Yeah, so I, I think this is a great opportunity for him. Like I said before, I hope he has a career year. That means good things for, for his quarterback and the rest of the offensive line. So, I, But I think he's going to play like two – Series, maybe series? Three so you series. Have... I think it could go to a quarter. I think he could play a full quarter. Okay, so we'll make a bet right now. Oh. No, we, nobody wins anything, but we will. We will talk about this. But <laughs> we have nothing. Um, but I think he plays series. Totally understand. Totally, I think that's going to happen. I think this offensive line, besides Alex Catholic, Catholic, because he's dealing Injury. with that strain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you got to be careful with that. I can see the offensive line with Orlando Brown. Get a, a few series. Okay, is the bet – I think Jonas stays out there after everybody else goes out. No. I think he'll play a couple snaps with this. I think he'll play, like, a, a couple snaps with that second-team offensive line. Now I have now I have to watch preseason games because now I'm going to wonder. <laughs> um, but I, um, I'm going to the game Friday. I just – planning on watching. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just think that it's a true position battle. And I think they are going to give Carmen the shot. Sure? I think that I think that also means that you have to give Jonah plenty of snaps to get an evaluation for him in the preseason. I hope people understand this. I do think it should be a battle. You you can't yeah. just give the job. Oh, to the Jonah. other side is he has been injured most yeah. most years of his career. So this is you know every yeah. snap he's out there is a risky. Like you might not have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I just think. It's a for a starter who they feel are going to be the starters right now. I know it's early on and it's it's almost mid-August, but I feel like with Jonah Williams, it will be just a series. I just I would be really surprised if he's out there when the rest of the starters are on on the side after they've got a few they got a few reps in together. Because I do think this offensive line will do that. I don't think they want to do that again. And yeah. the majority of the guys, besides Alex Kappa, because I don't know how they'll handle that, even though Frank Pollock seemed really chill about it. Like it wasn't that big of a deal, but he wasn't at practice on Monday. Um we'll see more when they when they get back out there tomorrow because we're recording this on a Tuesday and they had today off. But um I think they're just gonna be really smart with that stuff. And you want to take it easy with these guys. Um but yeah I mean maybe maybe we will see that. I, I think we'd see a little more of Jackson Carmen to be I think if you just get one series from Jonah, then the position battle might not be might not be a serious thing. You're right. Because I mean you would know right then and there. And it's the yeah. third preseason game that we really don't see anybody, right? It's like mm-hmm. the last of the roster. And yeah. So it's we only have these two to really it choose. used to be before they did three preseason games, it was mm-hmm. like three years ago, four years ago at this point. It used to be the third game got you the most snaps and then nobody played the fourth game. And it now it's difficult. now the second one you get the most snaps and the third one nobody plays. Yeah, so Friday night when they're it's their only home preseason game. So they'll be they'll play the Packers and it will be if you're gonna see any of the starters out there, that's gonna be kind of not really the game to look at. It's going to be the following week. Um, this one will just be kind of the rookies, uh, guys fighting for their jobs, um, maybe a few starters getting some reps out there. Um, but I think it's going to be absolutely crazy because they're, the NFL cut day is all on the same day. And what the league is going to look like after all the preseason games and they make the majority of the cuts around the league, what that will look like for the overall rosters. Uh, but for me personally, I just want them to get in, in and out of preseason. I, I I think they I don't know I don't I, 
that's just where I stand right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. I I have been a little bit more to the proponent of I think that you want to get him a few snaps just because I do think part of last year was just based off of they didn't take any preseason snaps together and you know a lot of them missed training camp so this you know when you get guys who have never played next to each other the entire offensive line never played next to each other that could be bad and we saw it for like six weeks I think we could have expediated that process a little bit and it may have only been bad for two weeks or maybe three weeks before coming together uh just because they didn't have any time in camp work together but uh yeah i i want to get everybody out healthy because that is the most important thing yep 100 we uh we'll have everything to recap from that preseason game when they get to work and looking forward to their joint practice versus the packers tomorrow next on it's always game day in cincinnati this is it's always game day in cincinnati with lindsey patterson and mike santagata We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals were off today as we're recording on a Tuesday. The Packers are in town, and, and I have a feeling we won't see any fights like we did when the Rams were in town last year. <laughs> I think everything's going to be pretty chill, hopefully. Um, but do you like that when they have the joint practices? Yeah, because you there is a thing where like you play with guys so often. You know their moves. They know your moves. Yeah. Kind of getting that different feel. And this is way less related, but like when I play with, I play pickup basketball every weekend. When I play with my friends, like they know exactly what I'm going to do most of the time. Mm-hmm. But when it's a stranger, it's like, well, I'm left-handed in basketball. This is like a mixed-handed thing, but we'll, we can talk about it later. But uh, left-handed basketball, so I usually get a free bucket every time because nobody expects me to be left-handed. I just drive right past them, get a left-handed layup. Uh, and then they switch that defense up and I have to actually work. But because my friends, no, they know that. They're, they're like, protect against the left <laughs> So uh, that's just my thought is just like you want to get a different feel, just like guys that don't know exactly what you're going to do, because no matter how much tape they're watching and whatever else, it's not like when you go into a game week one, even though they've played the Browns a ton. Yeah. You know, even though Orlando Brown's played Miles Garrett plenty, he doesn't know his moves down to a science and see him every day in practice and see him like, okay, you know, this is, what miles does to attack me specifically all the time. Like I have to protect myself against this. I think it's cool to get that different feel in there. And then, you know, the ones play joint practice. I think that's the other big part is you actually get, you know, if Joe Burrow was healthy, he would throw a little bit in this game, in this practice. You can throw plenty in this practice, actually. Uh, Jordan yeah. loves going to throw in the practice and he's probably not going to play in the preseason game. So you actually get the one-on-ones and Jair Alexander against Jamar Chase. That's not happening in the preseason game. That's probably happening in this joint practice. Um, so, yeah, that's – I like them. I like the joint practices. Other than when you put the two former – the two competing Super Bowl uh, – yeah, whatever they did last year. Even though Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, close friends, that doesn't mean your teams are. Yeah, no, and that was, it's still too – it was too soon. Too soon to have that. Um, but, yeah, we, we saw how that worked out. It's still unbelievable, that photo with the helmets um, that that even happened. But yeah, they'll get that in uh, back to work tomorrow. We're recording this, as I mentioned before, on a Tuesday, Jamar Chase 
um, has been in the media a few times this week. He was on NFL Network on Friday's practice. He was on with Kay Adams, who did a phenomenal job recapping training camp yesterday. I really enjoyed all of her interviews with the different players. And uh, one thing I love about Jamar Chase is, like, Sometimes people are like, oh, Jamar Chase, don't say that. Or or if you remember a couple months ago, his comments about Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, and it really made its way um, through the Chiefs land. And I just I love his how honest he is in interviews. And sometimes, as he mentioned, he likes he likes to mess with the media a little bit. But um, he was asked about Joe Burrow, not that he had been chatting with him or anything like that, but just like, hey, you know, what do you expect? Will he be out there week one? And he's like, look, I want Joe to take his time. I want him to be fully healthy. Uh, nobody in his ear rushing him back out there. If he needs to set out a few games, we need him in the end. That was kind of the majority of what he said to NFL Network. And people took that and kind of went a little crazy. They were worried that Joe wasn't going to be healthy week one. Um, no, they do need Joe. What does that mean? And for me overall, and I know he, he, he spoke about it with uh, Kay Adams and, and kind of cleared the air just a little bit more, but I don't have a problem with Jam- what Jamar Chase said. Jam- Jamar Chase knows Joe Burrow probably more than anybody else on the team. Um, and not that he was having those conversations with Joe, because he pretty much cleared that up. Not that he was saying that to Joe or Joe was saying that to him, that he was, you know, needed to get back out there or anything like that. It was just, hey, take care of yourself. Uh, Jamar took an extra game last year to to get back on the field. I remember uh, the Titans game. He was on the field in the pregame and I thought just out there running a little bit and stretching and then decided no go. And he rested that game and he came back for the Kansas City Chiefs game. So he allowed his body to rest. And that was the most important thing because he wants Joe in the end. Um, I'm I'm fine with it, what he said. I, I didn't really have a big deal about it. It seems like everything is pointing to Joe being okay week one. Zach Taylor was asked about it again. Uh, the timeline for Joe Burrow, I want to say in a Sunday or Monday press conference this week. And Zach Taylor said, and somebody said, is it still several weeks? And if you watch the interview, Zach said, yeah. And he goes, several weeks from when I said it was several weeks with a smirk on his face. So he's not trying to give any timelines. I really didn't take any more from that. Um, this is normal for Joe Burrow to not have a training camp. It's absolutely odd to not have him out there, but it's semi-normal because it's been like that for four years. Uh, but what did you think about all that? And did you think it was kind of a little silly that everyone was freaking out about it? Yeah. Uh, the Jamar Chase comments are basically just get fully healthy. And the way he said it sent such a firestorm of like, if it's week five, who cares? What he meant by that was like, you know, like, we'll be okay if you need time. That did not mean like, we're looking at, you know, probably week five for the timetable. <laughs> what does Jamar Chase know? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't think they want to give anything away. I think if they had the option, every coach would just say indefinitely for any type of injury. Just I don't blame like, you. Uh, you look back as like, well, like you're going to be public enemy number one if somehow Joe Burrow is a couple months and not a couple weeks. But I also think that they think it really is a couple weeks and, you know, probably two weeks. Uh, but and then George Chase went on the Kay Adams thing and basically rescinded the idea of week five. It was like, you know, I'm just waiting, just want him to be healthy. I don't want him to rush himself back. And if you say that, it, it sounds like, okay, <laughs> when you add it, how long would week five be? 11 weeks for a calf strain? That would make I mean, me a little would, nervous. That, that would have me... to, yeah, that, that would be, that's longer than, I think that's longer than like a broken shoulder, arm, leg, anything, broken bone. <laughs> I, I just, I know it's a completely different injury. I just feel yeah. like you don't want it to linger. 
I just, you know, I, I think week five is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, think, I, I, what are your odds in your mind? Like week one, I'm like 95% sure Joe Burrow would be out there. I'm, I'm in the nineties um, because guys like Ian Rappaport, who, mm. yes, he doesn't know a whole lot that's happening with the extension. And I'm totally fine with that because that's been quiet for both sides. And, and that's awesome. But when it comes to other things like injuries or other insider information, every single time that he is on NFL Network and he talks about Joe Burrow or any comments, he even talked about it after Jamar's comments on the NFL Network on Friday and was like, look, I have zero doubt that that Joe's going to be ready for week one. Like he's like, I, I, I think it's going to be an, a no issue. He'll be out there. Um, so hearing guys like that who know people inside the building, they're getting kind of the insider information. And I, I agree with you. Zach Taylor doesn't have to tell us anything. And if I'm Zach Taylor, I am going several weeks, several weeks. I'm not saying a couple. I'm not saying a few. I'm saying several weeks until and, and then when he and if Joe's back out there sooner, then awesome. But I am not trying to be like optimistic about something that I'm still not sure of the, the timetable or turnaround, but everybody that keeps talking about it, it's like, Hey, if this was regular season, maybe we see Joe out there, but Joe's around Joe's Joe's in better shape than he was last year when he had his appendix taken out when he lost 25 to 30 pounds. He's still with his trainer. When the guys are at practice, he's still watching film from training camp. He's still in every single meeting. He's still in the building every time, every single time the media is in there after training camp, the last three times Joe Burrow has been in the locker room with the players. So he's still around. He's, you know, in the doing everything that he, that he would be doing if he was out there on the practice field. So for me personally, I didn't take too much of it, but everyone, it just, they, they get, wow, I think everyone just needs to breathe a little bit. Like, like Joe Burrow yeah. said after they started 0-2 last year, just relax. Relax. Yeah. I think that's, 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 that's where I'm at. long and short of it was just chill out. This shouldn't be a, yeah. this shouldn't actually be a long-term thing. The hardest thing in this age of media is patience though, because yeah. Oh man, everything is so instantaneous. If we didn't find out what the Burrow did, injury actually was within 30 minutes, uh, I mean, down. I mean, I'm not gonna lie about that part. I was, I was scrolling on our podcast that night. I'm like, okay, is there yeah, any other? Me too. But I'm just saying, it, it, it's even though, like, you know, it's. I feel like there's no patience for anything. You know, like if a rookie starts slow, it's what a bad pick. You know, what a mistake. Look at this other guy who had a sack once. They're doing it with Miles Murphy, some people. I'm like, this dude uh, is a trick. They, they had that agenda when he was picked. I think the second he was picked and it wasn't Michael Mayer or it wasn't, you know, exactly who they wanted. They're like, I don't like this. So <laughs> the training camp thing is also always wild to me. It's like, guys, it's practice. It's training camp. I've seen the takes on the safeties too. It's like, well, I don't see the safeties making any highlight plays. It's like, it's the safeties and it's practice. Who cares? Do you know I'll how care boring, like week three if that's the case. Do you know how boring training camp is? I mean, when I used to go down there and cover it with the inquire, I it was you're in the heat for 90 degree weather for two hours and you were just watching guys run drills. Like it is so it, you're I'm sorry. I, I trust Joe. If Joe was a rookie, well, Joe's already been through that his rookie year. He didn't have a training camp. Yeah, in 2021, um, he was terrible in training yeah, camp. We all heard yeah. Jamar Chase was terrible in training camp. Oh wow. He must have been a bad pick, right? Yeah, <laughs> just, I, I, just, I, I trust crazy. his football IQ. I think he's he's still getting the work in, like Zach Taylor said. No, none of that is changing. He's still working with his trainer when the guys are out on the field. So Pat Mahomes, also terrible rookie training camp. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, they were saying he threw like more interceptions than completed passes, all this other. Who is keeping track? Who started that? Who started keeping track of the quarterback, like writing down stats in it is training big. camp? It's it like, why? The, the Lamar practice. Jackson one, the Lamar Jackson one has been really big in the news. Uh, Dak Prescott, he said, yeah. oh, the, uh, I live, I live near Pittsburgh now. It, I feel like every day you get the Kenny Pickett, like full stat, like he was 13 of 18 for 212 yards. It's like, what? Who cares? I don't even know that they counted yards and, and training Somebody camp. out there is. It's crazy. It's not, they're not just counting, you know, completions, incompletions. I've seen the Justin Fields one where it's like, he couldn't complete a pass today. And another one, it's like, he only had one incomplete pass and it was a drop. It's like, man, it, it's training camp. And at the end of the day, look, would it be great if Joe was out there for guys like Irv Smith, um, the offensive line, yeah. getting some reps yeah. with them? But Joe has already had more July practices than he's ever had in his NFL career. I so. feel like that was – I do feel like that comment was almost like tongue-in-cheek because he had one more July practice. Well, he had a few It was. More. It was. I mean, and and Joe – Joe. He's, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I should be like. You know what? It would be really extremely important. Of course, everybody would rather Joe be out there, but he's not out there, and that's just what it is. And next off season, I hope nobody brings up that he's healthy. Um, I hope it's all just. That's why I never did. It's training camp. It's training camp. Joe is training camp. So, um, so yeah. Uh, I, speaking I'm, of Joe Burrow. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Number six, number six player in the NFL, according to the players. That's the highest. Again, none of this stuff really matters, but we are going to fill time with it. Um, when it comes to number six, is that the highest uh, Bengals player has ever been ranked on that top 100? I would think so. You don't think so? I No, I do think so. I think I think that's the highest. I mean, AJ I Green was, was. I don't like think a, he was ever above that because no. your top five is usually like two to three quarterbacks yeah and until joe burrow when did this start because i don't think this was here in it, like 2005 with carson palmer and any chance of that happening which i also don't even think he would have been number six uh but yeah that i think it's just joe burrow because you'd look at it's a quarterback if it's somebody that high and the Bengals haven't had a, a quarterback with that level of talent so gino aj i feel like they probably topped around like 15 maybe yeah i, I, I think so um but but overall i i will get right back to joe burrow being number six but i'm just saying the underdogs the underdogs of the afc three in the top 10 you get travis kelsey over joe burrow i could see that well he's the best tight end in the league and he's a walk-in hall of famer i feel like people are gonna be first ballot hall of famer second best tight end i've watched with maybe third probably third best tight end watch with my eyeballs i'm uh, surprised I was a little surprised. I know. I get it. He did just have a great year. AJ Green, by the way, topped out to my quick research at 16. Ooh. And Geno Atkins. Oh, wow. It doesn't look like Geno was ever that high. 68? 63, I think is the highest I see. In 2018? Maybe I'm wrong there. I feel like this was before 20. If it was like in 2012, he would probably be pretty high up there. Yeah. Uh, overall, Joe gets six. Um, a lot of people surprised that Jalen Hurts, uh, of course, Jalen Hurts went to the Super Bowl. Uh, that Jay And he had a good year that he was ahead of mm -hmm. uh, Joe Burrow when it comes to the rankings. I'm going to say this about the top 100 and everything you need to know about the top 100 when it comes to the NFL players voting on this. DJ Reader did not make the list. T. Higgins did not make the 100 list. Jamar Chase was voted 39th best NFL player in the league. So, 
I don't really put a lot into what this ranking means or what it is Mm -hmm. credit to the NFL because they can keep putting this out there. And they did every single day, every single week, we got the new rankings and it was content. People loved it. Well, they loved it and hated it on social media. Well, you know, uh, there's nothing that generates better interactions. I think than listing the players. Yeah. That's all people really seem to do on there. It's like, is Joe Burrow the second best quarterback and a bunch of fights? Is he the third best? Some yeah. people be like, I don't think he's in the top five. And other people like, you see once in a while, like, I think he's better than Mahomes. And it's just like, this is Ab- all people really care about. Absolutely just silly. Um, so so overall, I just it it's it's there. Joe Burrow, look, I, I feel like he's a top two quarterback in the NFL. I do. I think it's it's Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow right now, and I hope it's like that for for several years to come when it comes to those battles. Uh, but that stuff doesn't mean anything. Uh, but credit to Joe, he's number six in the NFL, and that's a, that's a pretty cool thing being one of the highest uh, Cincinnati Bengals. But yeah, when I saw Jamar Chase be, when he was in thirty nine, and DJ Reader didn't even make the list, I'm like sorry. I think see, I think Lamb was ahead of Jamar Chase at one point, or it was this year in the rankings, and I just. I just take it for what it is. It's players going in there and saying, okay, I have to write my favorite. And also player. remember that it is based off of, oh, by the way, oh, I was wrong. AJ Green topped out number nine from what I'm seeing. Uh, oh. But it is also based off of the year. So Jamar Chase missed some time. Um, That's going to negatively yeah. impact, you know, how he gets ranked in that. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. Not a big deal, but it's there. And the good news is training camp's almost over in regular seasons, almost here. Uh, and it was a good week for the Cincinnati Bengals. You get, ex- you get Logan Wilson extended. You have new uniforms that could be coming out soon to be determined on what those look like. Uh, but I'm all for it. But any, any over any, I can't even, can't even wrap this up, but any thoughts as we close this podcast? Yes. I also <laughs> stupidly <laughs> Geno Atkins, I found at 36 in 2013. So I want to correct both of those that by quick search didn't work out as well as I hoped. Uh, and can you guess the only bangle to make it in 2011? It's based off the 2010 year, not based off the 2011 year. I was going to say Terrell Owens, but. It was T.O. 91. <laughs> he was number 91 on the list. Hall of Famer Terrell, Terrell Owens. <laughs> Uh, that's how you know you know these players just voting for guys they like (laughs) 2010 to who was pretty good he was fine he was was surprisingly like he was what he was either at or near a thousand yards in that season oh man i'm gonna look it up never forget that year uh i still have a tiocho shirt i'll never forget that year i mean the tiocho shirt somewhere they, they had training camp. I'm going to wrap this up, Nick, I promise. But 983 they had... yards, nine touchdowns. So it was a pretty good year. That's very not... surprising to me. Um, But they had training camp in Georgetown, and yeah. all of the TVs went down there when they signed uh, T.O., and it was such a big deal. Him and Chad were friends, and oh, my gosh, it's the so T.O. crazy. Show. So crazy. It's so crazy. But, yeah, so that's that should tell you everything about the top 100. Um, that it's it's something for everybody to talk about until we get to regular season and credit to the NFL because they can do that. Um, you have uh, anything coming up on all Bengals? Soon, but not yet. Well, after the preseason game, I know check it out. I'll, I'll write something on what happened in there, but yeah, other stuff also soon, but not yet. I'm working cool. on it. I'm rewatching the offense right now, but I want to rewatch all of it before I try to put out an article. 
Cool. Make sure you check it out. Um, plenty will be over there on all Bengals. Also, you can follow them on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. We'll have more as the Cincinnati Bengals finally hit the field for the first preseason game and they hit joint practice with the Packers at Paycor Stadium this week. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.